A nine-year-old girl presents with sore throat for three days and difficulty swallowing. On examination, her pharynx is erythematous and her tonsils are enlarged. Discuss your assessment and management. My impression would be that this patient has features consistent with an upper respiratory tract infection, possibly pharyngitis and tonsillitis. The majority of upper respiratory tract infections are viral in nature, about 90%, but there's also a possibility that it's bacterial. The major causative organisms for pharyngitis or tonsillitis are viral, would be adenovirus, enterovirus, rhinovirus, influenza, and EBV. Bacterial would be due to group A beta hemolytic streptococcus, like strep pyogenes. Differentials I'd want to consider include epiglottitis, because it's a life-threatening differential. It could be an abscess, such as a peritonsillar abscess, or a retropharyngeal or a lateral pharyngeal abscess. And it could also be mon infectious mononucleosis. So my approach in this situation would be to firstly ensure that the child is hemodynamically stable and not obstructing their airway due to epiglottitis. I would then conduct a targeted history, examination and investigations to confirm the diagnosis. I would then manage appropriately, mostly with supportive me measures and potentially with antibiotics if it is a bacterial cause. So I would begin with an A2E assessment with a particular focus on the patient's airways, assessing for stridor and airway obstruction and managing accordingly if there's any stridor or airway obstruction present. So this would involve simple airway manoeuvres and intubation as necessary. On history, I'd want to know about the symptoms um, to confirm the diagnosis, to rule out differentials and to determine risk factors for pharyngitis. So for the symptoms of pharyngitis, I would ask about general symptoms like sore throat and pharyngeal edema. And symptoms strongly suggestive of viral pharyngitis would be a cough, hoarse voice, conjunctivitis, nasal congestion, anterior stomatitis, a viral ex exanthema, diarrhea, and the absence of a fever. Symptoms which would be suggestive uh, with a poor predictive value of bacterial pharyngitis would be fever above 38 degrees, tender cervical lymphadenopathy, tonsillar exudate, and an absence of cough, rhinorrhea, or nasal, nasal congestion. My differentials, uh, I would definitely want to exclude epiglottitis, which is potentially life-threatening. Epiglottitis, I would ask about sore throat, any respiratory distress or obstruction, an abrupt onset, so in a matter of hours, and high fever, secretions, drooling, dysphagia and odinophagia, muffled voice and dysphonia. For peritonsillar abscess or quincy, um, they might have a hot potato voice, drooling, trismus, neck swelling, referred ear pain, dysphagia and odinophagia. They may also have a retropharyngeal or a lateral pharyngeal abscess, with respiratory distress, dysphagia, torticollis, trismus, chest pain. Infectious mononucleosis may have pharyngitis, tonsillar exudate, fever, lymphadenopathy, prolonged fatigue, prolonged onset, days to weeks, and rash. Risk factors include infection, so being immunocompromised, having sick, sick contacts or travel, epiglottitis, so a lack of immunizations like haemophilus influenza type B or infectious mononucleosis, 
so if there was any sexual activity or contact. I would then finish off the complete the rest of the paediatric history, particularly asking about vaccinations and then asking about the developmental milestones, personal and family history, medication and allergies and a psychosocial history. For examination, to a large degree, the evaluation of the child with a complaint of sore throat hinges on a careful physical examination, particularly of the pharynx. I would conduct a general exa- uh, observe them generally with vitals and hydration status. I would then perform an ENT exam on general ex- inspection, checking for stridor, drooling or, pe- or respiratory distress, which may indicate an airway obstruction and then checking for pharyngitis, such as erythema and exudate, or potentially edema. Coxsackie virus might show as vesicular formation in the posterior pharynx, or hand, foot and mouth disease. A strep pharyngitis might have fever, exudative pharyngitis, a palatal petechiae, swollen anterior cervical lymph nodes. Tonsillitis may have Asymmetry of the tonsils, um, potentially with exudate. If extensive, it might be an abscess and cause deviation of the uvula to the uninvolved side. And they may also have halitosis. If there's an abscess, they may, might also get trismus. If there was a foreign body, it may become lodged in the buccal mucosa, which is rare but more common in young children. The cervical lymph, lymph nodes are more suggestive of EBV or bacterial pharyngitis, or diphtheria, which is tremendous, which leads to tremendous enlargement of the cervical lymph nodes. Uh, an abdominal exam may indicate EBV if there was diffuse lymphadenopathy, splenomegaly, or hepatomegaly. For investigations, if the child appears fairly well and there are mild symptoms, so we were suspecting viral pharyngitis, then no indica- investigations are indicated. If investigations were warranted, then the diagnostic ones would be to do a throat swab for a rapid antigen detective detection test, RADT, which is only warranted if group A strep is suspected. If it is negative in a high-risk patient, so let's say they were immunocompromised or they had chronic corticosteroids or uncontrolled diabetes, then a throat culture should be taken instead. So the alternative to the throat swab for anti- rapid antigen detection test is the throat swab MCS. You may also consider a strep serology, such as ASOT or anti-DNA-SB. Um, the Royal Children's Hospital guidelines say that there is no role for strep serology in diagnosing group A strep pharyngitis, however. The modified CENTOR criteria may also be used to assess the likelihood of a group A strep pyogenes infection. Um, M-CENTOR can help to remember the modified CENTOR diagnostic criteria, C-E-N-T-O-R. M must be older than three years. C, cough absent. E, exudate on the tonsils. N for node enlargement. T for temperature elevation. O are for old or young, young or old, um, and then that can determine whether they should get antibiotics or not. Uh, so if they had a score less than or equal to one, then there's no further testing required. A score two to three means they should have the rapid antigen detection test or culture, and greater than or equal to four means they should be started on empirical antibiotics.
So those are the diagnostic investigations. Other investigations at the bedside would be a urinalysis looking for hematuria and post-streptococcal glomerulonephritis. Laboratory investigations might include a full blood count, a, a smear or CRP for anemia, white cell counts, atypical lymphocytes and EBV. An EBV specific lab test would be a monospot plus minus IgM or a peripheral blood smear with lymphocytosis uh, and looking for a lymphocytosis with greater than 10% atypical lymphocytes and a serology. For imaging is generally not indicated. You might consider a neck x-ray um, if they were very unwell, so they had difficulty with swallowing or moving the neck, and you can identify an abnormal epiglottis and certain abscesses on a neck x-ray. Finally, for management, it can be supportive and definitive. So supportive management is with patient and parental reassurance, support providing supportive care with adequate rest, consuming an adequate volume of fluids, avoiding respiratory irritants, avoiding acidic foods and beverages, and eating a soft diet, which may be more palatable. Soothing measures as well includes sipping on warm or cold beverages, frozen desserts, or sucking on ice, sucking on hard candy rather than medicated lozenges or throat sprays, gargling with warm salt water. You can also provide analgesia and antipyrotic agents as necessary. So paracetamol, um, 10 to 15 milligrams per kilo orally every 4 to 6 hours as needed. NSAIDs such as ibuprofen is 10 milligrams per kilo or orally every 6 hours as needed. And glucocorticoids may be indicated in the case of severe pharyngitis. Other supportive would be providing fluids if they are dehydrated or um, and a medical certificate for school or for work. Definitive interventions would be antibiotics, which would only be considered with strep pharyngitis and when strep pharyngitis and tonsillitis are the likely cause. Although streptococcal tonsillopharyngitis is usually self-limiting, antibiotics are required for high-risk individuals, including those at risk of rheumatic fever, existing rheumatic heart disease and scarlet fever. The small benefit of antibiotic therapy must be balanced against the potential harms, such as diarrhea, rash, or more serious hypersensitivity reactions, or bacterial resistance. Shared decision-making should occur in whether to commence antibiotic therapy or not. The regime for um, treating strep pharyngitis or tonsillitis is phenoxymethylpenicillin, 500mg, for a child, it's 15 milligrams per kilo up to 500 milligrams orally, 12 hourly for 10 days. If they had delayed hypersensitivity, you can provide Keflex in, instead, or if they had an immediate sensitivity, then you should give azithromycin instead. Follow-up for the patient would be safety netting if worsening or persistent pains, and for example, greater than 10 greater than three days without improvement, it may indicate the development of a complication. Uh, Non-separative complications include acute renal failure or glomerulonephritis. Separative complications include acute otitis media, cellulitis or abscess, jugular vein septic thrombophlebitis or acute sinusitis. Treatment for other potential differentials 
So EBV, for instance, is self-limiting and antibiotics are not indicated. It's symptomatic treatment only. Uh, if it was instead a peritonsillar abscess or quincy, then they require ENT referral for consideration of drainage. Antibiotics would require, they would require augmentin, IV, then switch to oral. Uh, retropharyngeal or lateral pharyngeal abscess is similar to the treatment of peritonsillar abscess. So referral to ENT for lateral neck x-ray and then a contrast CT of the neck, which is only done if advanced airway management is available, and then antibiotics with augmentin IV, which is switched to oral. <laughs> FYI, for a bit of background, pharyngitis can be viral or bacterial. Viral is often due to respiratory viruses or EBV, etc. Viral pharyngitis and tonsillitis are the most common causes of sore throat in patients of all ages and are self-limiting. Bacterial are normally due to group A strep most commonly, or Neisseria gonorrhea, Fusobacterium necroforum, and other bacteria. Um, diphtheria can also occur, but it's less likely, likely given immunisation.